Fishy HTML pages get past spam filters, and users of RSA's Secure ID two-factor authentication products come up with new ways to monitor threats and take preventative steps in the aftermath of a hacker attack against RSA. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, here with the Week in Review for Friday, March 25, 2011. The United States Computer Emergency Readiness Team, part of the Department of Homeland Security, has issued a notice about ongoing phishing attacks, attacks that have been targeting PayPal, Bank of America, Lloyds, and TSB users, to name a few. The attacks get past spam filters using HTML web page attachments, rather than traditional phishing emails that contain malicious links. Neil Schwartzman, founder and chief security specialist at Montreal-based Castle Consulting, says this mode of so-called attachment attack has been growing and has hit several large organizations, including FedEx and Canada Post, in the last month. It's not even a sophisticated scheme, Schwartzman says. It's almost unsophisticated, but it's clever. Because the fishy HTML pages are emailed as attachments, spam filters have no overt URLs to scan and trap. It's a way to circumvent the spam filter, Schwartzman says. The victim gets the email, opens the attachment, and then is sent to a legitimate website before being routed to a site that's not legitimate, where, of course, the user is asked to enter account information or a personal identifier, such as a U.S. Social Security number. Users of RSA's Secure ID two-factor authentication products, acting on advice from RSA, are devising strategies to monitor for threats and take preventative steps in the aftermath of a hacker attack against RSA. RSA has sent information to its clients, providing suggestions for protective action and answers to frequently asked questions about the attack. UAB Medicine, an RSA customer, says it is stepping up its vigilance in reviewing RSA authentication manager logs in an effort to look for warning signs, such as a high number of failed attempts to authenticate, says Terrell Hersig, UAB's information security officer. The Birmingham, Alabama-based Academic Medical Center has about 2,000 Secure ID token users that use the authentication technology when they remotely access clinical information systems. In recent weeks, UAB has been making the transition from hardware-based to software-based tokens. So far, UAB has noticed no problems with its tokens in the wake of the attack. And we wrap up the week with a look at new PCI guidance. New guidance for securing stored cardholder data collected via call centers and over-the-phone payments came out last week from the PCI Security Standards Council, and industry experts say it could not have come at a better time. Jeremy King, European Regional Director for the PCI Council, says the new guidance addresses the same concerns posed by face-to-face -face and e-commerce payments. As with all transactions, King says, we have a standard saying, if you don't need it, don't store it. Here is Jeremy King. It is, it is one of those areas which is um, being targeted by the criminals for fraud. So we felt that this was something we needed to do, something that we needed to look at. And we think this is a great example of how we're making sure our stakeholders have what they need to understand and implement these standards in their, the PCI DSS standard in their organization. As with all transactions, we, we sort of have a standard saying is, if you don't need it, don't store it. And really that applies into this sector as well. Um, look at it a little bit more closely. Um, the voice recordings, these tend to be sort of when people are ringing up and ordering things. And so it's what we class as the card not present transaction. And so therefore, often it relates to the primary account number, the large 60, 15 or 16 digit code that's across the card. And usually a additional CVC or CVV code um, to actually verify that it is the cardholder. 
this is sensitive authentication data that really needs to be looked after. And like I say, if you don't need it, don't store it. That's this week's Week in Review. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. Have a great week.